Good to see you all again in the house of the Lord tonight. Praise the Lord for you. All right, turning with me to Colossians chapter 3 in your Bibles. Tonight, uh, again, we are working on the, the situation or the, the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians and describing to them how they were supposed to behave as a Christian, how they were to walk in their life as a Christian. And in chapter 3, we come to the idea that we are to put on the new man. So tonight, the title of the message is The Newness of Life in Christ. The Newness of Life in Christ. Now, we've been discussing this for some time, and, and I know the Sunday school lesson this morning, I heard Brother Grady uh, in the Sunday school was talking about this very concept, this idea, or the truth of this idea, that when we accept Christ, we become a new creature. The Scripture tells us that we are a new creation. And as we look at that tonight, we're also going to say, you know, a new creation behaves differently. We don't behave the same way that we used to do whenever we were not in Christ, before we met Christ, before Christ took us over. We are not the same being. And our example is Paul in that. Now, of course, now Christ was the perfect man, but... Paul was, uh, of, of those who were saved, Paul's life was probably one of the most drastic uh, turnarounds that we have the example of. Think about Paul. He was persecuting the church. He was righteous in his own eyes. He thought he was a, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He, he obeyed the law strictly. He persecuted those who followed Jesus. And even unto death, he watched Stephen be stoned. The, the book of Acts, we get that account. But, and he said he gave his approval to his death, even though afterwards when he met Christ, he realized how, how wrong he was. He turned completely in the opposite direction. And he began praising Christ and building up the church and condemning his former way of life because he was a new creation. He was no longer Saul. He was Paul. He was the new creation. So here in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, we're going to read God's Word and look at these ideas, these concepts, that we, how we are to walk in the newness of life and the things that have happened to us who are in Christ. Beginning in verse 1, chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is, is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off these, all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created Him, where there is neither Greek nor Jews, circumcised or uncircumcised, 
barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Tonight we're talking about walking in the newness of life, the new creation, the new cre- uh, the creator creating something new in you. Let's pray tonight. Father, again, we bow before you and ask for your forgiveness, your mercy, and your grace. We ask for your leading. We pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us every step of the way. And Father, may we be submissive to you in everything that we do. Help us to grasp this concept that we are not the old dead man, but we are a new creation in you. We have victory over sin if We follow you. So Lord, tonight, thank you for your word. May you bless us in the reading and the studying of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So newness of life. So Paul writes and he starts this uh, chapter off and he says, If then you were raised with Christ. Now he's talking about the the resurrection. He says, you, what you, in the, uh, in baptism is a symbol of what happens to us. We die to ourselves, and we are buried and we go under the surface of the water and then we are raised to new life. And that idea or that mental picture is what Paul is conveying here. He's saying, since you have been raised back up, you died to self, you died to the old way of life and since you have been raised back up, seek those things which are above. What we need is above thinking. What we need to do is make sure that we are not focusing on the things of the world nearly as much as we are focusing on the things above because those things are the only things that matter. Eternal things are the only things that last. Now, I'm going to pick on Nicole's got a brand new vehicle, all right? But that vehicle one day won't be a new vehicle. It'll be old, it'll be worn out, and, you know, with time those things happen. You know, the things of this world decaying, passing away, they they won't last forever. The only thing that lasts forever is eternity. What What things are eternal, those will last completely, eternally. So the things that we do or gather up here on this earth, the the things that we uh, decide to purchase or get for ourselves, we, we understand and know that they are temporary. So we need to temporarily have our mind on those but just for a moment and then turn our attention to what really lasts. Of course, we've got to worry about work. We've got to worry about food and clothing. We've got to worry about some things here on this earth temporarily. But the main part of our understanding and our focus should be toward heavenly things where Christ is. And that's the, that's the whole idea, the whole concept. We have to have our mind on Christ what He desires for us, what He wants for us, more so than what we want for ourselves. Going back into Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, in verse 20 through chapter 2, verse 1, this is what it says, uh, talking about the power of God, which God worked in Christ when God raised Christ from the dead and seated Christ at God's right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And God put all things under Christ's feet and gave Christ to be head over all things to the church, which is Christ's body, 
the fullness of Christ who fills all in all. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You see, that's the key right there. When Jesus was talking with Nicodemus, as Nicodemus came to him at night, what did Jesus say to him? You must be born again. You see, he's, what he's saying is, you've got to die. The old man has to die, and the new man has to come forth. You have to have a rebirth. You were born of water. You were born of flesh. He says, now you've got to be born of the Spirit. Because the Spirit is everlasting. The Spirit will continue forever. Uh, the fleshly things, this physical earthly body, the tent that we dwell in right now is not going to last forever. But our spirit will. So we've got to put to death the earthly things, the physical things, the, the uh, earthly mindset, and focus on where Jesus is and what He wants us to do. It says there in verse 2, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. All right, in your vehicle, when you get in, you probably got your radio already on, if you're like me. And I've got my radio set to a certain station every time. It's on that station. So when I, when I get in and I crank up and I start down the road, I've got that station on my radio all the time. It's set, and unless somebody else changes it, that's what I hear. I hear that teaching, preaching, singing, whatever it might be on that particular station. So here's what we've got to do. With that in mind, you tune yourself in to heavenly things. You choose to turn the knob, push the button, ever how it is done now. But you choose to do that. You have to set your mind. Nobody else can do it for you. You see, you make the choice to follow Christ or not. You make the choice to set your mind on things above or set your mind on things on earth. So the command here is to set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. See, I could listen to rap music if I wanted to on my radio. Not my style. Don't like it at all. If I set my radio to that, that's what I would be listening to. But purposely, I set it on a particular station because it has what I want. It has what I need there. So set your minds. Decide, I'm going to put my mind here and set it on that so that by default, that's where it goes. Naturally, it won't do that unless we make an intentional, on-purpose, setting process of changing our mind and putting it on the things above. Verse 3, 4, and 5. First of all, we've got to have above thinking. And next, we've got to, we're looking at death and life. For you died. The Scripture says... For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. First of all, we've got to understand the old and the new. 
He says the old man died. You died. The old person died. The old sins, all those things, they died. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive the victory. You receive the power to overcome the sin that's in your life. But you've got to set your mind on doing the right things or your old nature will control you in your actions and in your motive, in, in all the things that you do. If you don't set your mind to do what is right, you will automatically, by default, go back into the old ways. And that's the problem with so many people today. We say, oh, well, I, we can't overcome this, or we can't overcome that. Yes, you can. You're not trying. You're not praying. You hadn't set your mind on the things above more so than the things that you desire, the flesh desires. Now, it, that's a hard thing. And I understand that. It's hard to overcome things that you've done for a long, long time. But you can do it. And the excuses that we give are just that, excuses. We must understand that we died. Our rights died. When we gave ourselves to Christ. And you say, that's not fair. <laughs> okay. But, but the truth of the matter is, when Christ died for us, if we want to receive what He was willing to give us, He's wiping away the old person who was headed to hell, who was glorifying Satan, who was living in sin. And when we give Him ourselves, He cleanses all that and takes our rights away from us so that we're His slave but what he wants to do is he wants to cause us to be the best representative of him that we can possibly be. And that is glory. That's where we're going. First of all, we've got to understand the old and the new. We, have, we are new, but listen to verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In glory, you have a glorious appearing coming. <laughs> Christ, He is going to come in all of His glory, and part of His glory is to lend glory to the church, His followers, His bride, and we are going to shine with the glory of Christ. If we put to death the old man and live in the newness of life in Christ. Christ who is our glory. We will appear with Him. And then verse 5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Put to death those things. And then we, have, we get a to not do list. Do y'all have a to do list at the house? <laughs> I heard you, Ron. <laughs> but do you have a to not do list at home? Hey, here, here's our don't do it list. Fornication. I don't have to explain that. Y'all know. Uncleanness. Anything. Anything that doesn't glorify Christ is unclean. Passions. Evil passions. Evil desires. Covetousness, which is idolatry. We've got to choose life over death. First of all, we set our mind on things above and we choose life over death. 
Verses 6 and 7. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of, of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Wrath is coming for disobedience. Those living in disobedience to the Word of God, His wrath is coming. Now, even if you are saved, even if you are a child of God, your disobedience will still be met with God's displeasure and wrath. Now, you can't lose your salvation if you are truly saved. But the sins that you commit, the Scripture says they are going to be like wood, hay, and stubble on that day, and they're going to be consumed and burned up in front of everyone. Your, your sins, those things that were not done in Christ, will burn up before you, all the works of your hands. God's wrath for disobedience. Think about God's justice for a minute. People say, oh, God's a loving God, and He wouldn't do this or He wouldn't do that. Then they hadn't read the, the Scriptures, and they don't know the God that we know, the God that we love, the God who says He will come and judgment will take place. Going back to Romans chapter 1. Let me go there real quick and read that passage of Scripture. Verse, um, Romans 1 verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. God's wrath is going to be revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Now, that, the majority of that is going to take place during the tribulation period. And praise God, the church won't be present during the tribulation period. God will be pouring out His wrath on the nations at that time and disobedience at that time. And those who are disobedient, they will suffer the wrath of God. And then he says in verse 7, he says, we lived the way that they live, we lived in darkness before we met Christ, before we met the light, before we came to truth, before we found life and life everlasting. We walked that way. We were under the sentence of wrath until we met Jesus who took that sentence uh, for us and cleansed us and made us ready to be with God. Verses 8 and 9, But now you yourselves are to put off all these things, Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. The deeds of death. Here's another list, if you want to look at it like that. Another to not do list. Here. We are to put off, and, and again, this is a command. This is not uh, something done lightly. This is, something, this is a direct command saying, hey, look, you have got to do this. If you want to live in light, if you want to live in life, if you serve Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you must put off these things. Anger. You know, some people say, well, you know, I fly off the handle. And, and it, it gets away from me, and it's, it's so quick I, I can't uh, hold it back. How about wrath? Anger can be that flying off the handle. What about uh, revenge? All of these are, are similar, anger, wrath, and malice. They're all similar, but just a little bit different because anger means, you know, you get mad and, and fly off the handle. Uh, wrath means that you are, there you are, uh, letting it build up until 
something happens. But then malice means that you plan to do something. You plan revenge and you carry it out. Blasphemy. Filthy language out of your mouth. Then it says lying. Do not lie to one another. Put off these things. Do not lie to one another since or because you have put off the old man with his deeds. And understanding what that says there, it says since you have done that, that's, a, that's a, something that's already taken place. It's past tense. So to, to put off the old man and then to turn around and pick the old man back up and put him back on, that's anti-Christ. That is anti-Christian. That is, that's not supposed to be of a follower of Christ. We have to do away with the deeds of death. Now verses 10 and 11. And having put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. First of all, having put on, that means something that has been done before. Having put on something that is completed, something that has taken place. Having put on the, the new man, but it's also a continuing process. You put the new man on and then you keep putting the new man on. Every day, waking up and choosing to put the new man on, to walk with Christ, to make sure that you are living a life that is pleasing unto Him. That is a decision. That's the set button that we have to choose every day. Having our mind set on the things above. Walking in Christ. Having put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created Him. The image of the one who created the new man, who is Christ, God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. You see, they have created in us a new person, having done away with the old deeds, but we walk in newness of life. And we set our mind on things above and have our knowledge renewed according to the image of what God wants us to be. How God wants us to walk and live. He created us to walk in a certain way. And here we are, verse 11 says that we're all in Christ. We're all in Christ or either not in Christ. There is a distinction. But he's saying the distinction is not um, Jew or Greek. It's not barbarian or Scythian or slave or free. He says it's those who have Christ and those who don't. Those who walk with Christ and those who don't. Those who allow God to make them new and those who don't. So the encouragement tonight is to put on the new man. To walk in the newness of life. To do away with the deeds of death. And to make sure that we are representing Christ as one who is truly in Christ. Pray with me, please. Father, again, we bow before you. We praise you. We thank you for how good you are to us. We thank you for saving us from our ungodly, unrighteous, unholy ways. So, Lord, 
teach us to walk in the newness of life. Maybe it means a change in our life, and Father, we, we desire that. We want to be pleasing unto you, so whatever change needs to take place, show us and give us the courage to walk forward in obedience, doing away with those deeds of darkness and having nothing to do with them, but following you because you are our light. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.